0: Hello, this is Jude from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 10th of November. India recorded 38,073 COVID-19 cases today, pushing the tally in the country to 85,91,730. The death toll rose by 448 to 1,27,059 in the last 24 hours. There are 5,265 active cases and 79,59,406 patients who have recovered so far. The health ministry said that India's active cases have fallen below 6% of the total coronavirus infections in the country. The number of recoveries, on the other hand, have risen past 92% of the cumulative cases. The Supreme Court refused to grant interim relief against the Delhi High Court order on the Aam Party government's decision to reserve 80% of ICU beds in 33 private hospitals for COVID-19 patients. The court asked the Delhi government to approach the High Court for an urgent hearing on the matter on November 12th. A single judge bench of the High Court on September 22nd had stayed the Delhi government's September 12th decision saying that asking 33 big private hospitals to reserve 80% of ICU beds would violate the fundamental rights of those having other health conditions. Meanwhile, the Kerala government issued a health advisory ahead of the opening of the Sabrimala temple for a two-month-long annual Mandala Makaravilaku season from November 16th. The government has decided to allow 1,000 pilgrims every day to offer prayers. All pilgrims will have to carry a COVID-19 negative certificate with tests done 24 hours before reaching base camp Nilakal. Pilgrims must frequently wash hands, maintain physical distancing, use face masks and carry hand sanitizers with them, the advisory says. Those who have been recently exposed to the disease or who have had the symptoms like cough, respiratory problems, loss of smell and fatigue have been asked to avoid making the journey. NDA remains ahead of the MGB as the counting of votes continues in Bihar. There is a possibility that the BJP may emerge as the single largest party in the state. However, many rounds of counting are left and things can change quickly. MGB and NDA were running neck and neck in the initial hours of counting. The Rashtriya Janata Dal-led Grand Alliance or Gat Bandhan is seeking to unseat the National Democratic Alliance of Nitish Kumar's Janata Dal United, the Bharatiya Janata Party and other smaller political outfits. The Mahagat Bandhan or MGB, which has projected RJD leader and former Deputy Chief Minister Tejasvi Yadav as its chief ministerial candidate, also includes the Congress and other small parties. Chirat Paswan's Lok Jan Shakti Party or LJP, which is an NDA partner at the centre, fought the polls separately. But the LJP mainly fielded candidates against the JDU, not the BJP. Polling to elect a new 243-member Bihar Legislative Assembly was held in three phases between October 28th and October 7th, amid the novel coronavirus pandemic. To get the latest updates on how TV news channels are covering the Bihar election results, do check out our live blog on newslaundry.com. Republic TV's distribution head, Ghansham Singh, was arrested today in connection with the alleged TRP, Television Rating Point, rigging scam. Singh, who is also Assistant Vice President of the Republic Media Network, was picked up from his residence around 7.40am. The latest arrest has taken the number of people held by the crime branch in the case to 12. Singh had earlier been questioned on multiple occasions by the CIU. The alleged TRP scam came to light last month when Ratings Agency Broadcast Audience Research Council, or BARC, filed a complaint through one of its contractors, Hansai Research Group, alleging that certain television channels were rigging TRP numbers. Hansa is one of Bach's vendors tasked with maintaining TRP measurement equipment in impaneled households. Meanwhile, Republic TV editor Arnab Goswami moved Supreme Court after the Bombay High Court dismissed his petition for interim bail in a 2018 abetment to suicide case on Monday. Goswami was arrested along with two others, Sheikh and Nitin Sarda, by Ali Bagh police and remanded to judicial custody for 14 days on November 4th in connection with the death of interior designer Anwar Naik and his mother, Kumit Naik, in 2018. The journalist had filed an interim bail plea before the Bombay High Court on Saturday. The court reserved its order on Goswami's plea and gave him an option to file the application in a sessions court. Goswami, accordingly, filed a bail plea before a sessions court on Monday. On November 4th, the Information and Broadcasting Ministry constituted a committee to review guidelines on television rating agencies in India. A presentation made by the INB Ministry before the Standing Committee said, BARC had filed 11 FIRs through its vendors into cases of ratings tampering across Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka, Kerala, Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra and Assam. These claims were included in slides titled, Submissions by BARC" in the Ministry's presentation. The slides pointed out that the body had an automated system to flag abnormal behaviors in ratings, a code of conduct to redress grievances by subscribers, and a graded escalation or a penalty matrix. Bach's claims were angled to assert that it has a robust mechanism to detect tampering and serve swift justice. However, it betrayed a fact that the agency might be reluctant to admit the Bach system allows for easy manipulation of ratings. It is gameable by design. Do read Ayush Tiwari's report titled, TRP Scam, Box TV audience measurement system is rotten. Dear listeners, News Laundry is an independent news platform producing ground reports, podcasts, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Heavy rain and flash floods that wreaked havoc in several parts of Andhra Pradesh in the second week of October damaged property worth state 6368 crore besides claiming around 50 lives. The chief secretary Neelam Soni requested that the center release an amount of 5279 crore rupees towards flood relief and restoration of damaged infrastructure including 840 crore rupees for temporary restoration as per NDRF norms and 4,439 crore rupees towards permanent relief measures. She said the state had received a cumulative rainfall of 444.5 mm as against the normal 351.2 mm during the period, which was 26.6% in excess. She said, and I quote, Out of 670 mandals in the state, 387 mandals in 12 districts had been affected due to the incessant rains and floods in Godavari and Krishna rivers. She also said in all, 45 people were killed in rain-related incidents like wall collapse, drowning and landslides. Five more were reported missing and they could not be traced, despite the best possible research and rescue efforts by NDRF and SDRF. In all, 8,784 houses were fully damaged in the affected districts, while a large number of cattle were also killed. There was extensive damage to road networks, rural water supply schemes, irrigation tanks and drainage systems in urban local bodies as well. The central team later split into three different groups and visited Anantapuramu, Krishna and Guntur districts for an on-the-spot inspection of the damage suffered. The teams will visit East and West Godavari districts today. Tanishk has withdrawn another ad after it ruffled some feathers on Twitter. The new Ekatwam ad, which was launched only on Twitter, Instagram and publications for Diwali, showed actresses Nina Gupta, Sayani Gupta, Nimrat Kaur and Alaya Furniturewala narrating what they wished to do this Diwali. Sayani Gupta says she would spend some time with her mother and would not burst firecrackers. She said in a quote, I am hoping to be able to meet my mom after really long. Definitely no firecrackers. I don't think anyone should light any firecrackers but a lot of dias, a lot of laughter, hopefully, and a lot of positivity." Unquote. Her statement was not taken well by a section on social media. The jewelry brand received a lot of backlash for the ad with some Twitter users saying that pollution was caused by many things and not only firecrackers. BJP National General Secretary from Karnataka, CT Ravi, too lashed out at the jewelry brand and said, and I quote, Why should anyone advise Hindus how to celebrate our festivals? Companies must focus on selling their products, not lecture us to refrain from bursting crackers. We will light lambs, distribute sweets and burst green crackers. Please join us. You will understand Ikatwam." Several Twitter users criticized the commercial and accused it of trying to preach how to celebrate Diwali. Several of them even accused the brand of trying to polarize its consumers along religious lines. Tanishk is yet to make an official statement. Only a month ago, the Tata group was forced to withdraw a 55-second Tanishq advertisement showing a Muslim mother-in-law caring for a pregnant Hindu daughter-in-law after the Hindutva camp said it promoted Love Jihad. Love Jihad is a Hindutva conspiracy theory that Muslim men are out to seduce Hindu women with the sole intention of converting them into Islam. Ahead of the BRICS summit, scheduled to take place virtually next week, India and China are likely to have a ninth round of talks in an effort to resolve the ongoing border standoff. Today at the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit, Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Chinese President Xi Jinping will share a platform, if only virtual, for the first time since Chinese troops intruded into Indian territory earlier this year. According to sources at the next round of Corps Commander level meetings, China is ready to discuss all friction points with India along the Ladakh border including the Debsang Plains. India has been pushing China for de-escalation and disengagement, but China has been unwilling to discuss all friction points until now. The Chinese have instead tried to limit the talks to only the southern and northern banks of the Pangong Seoul Lake. The date for the talks has not yet been confirmed officially, but sources indicate that they could be held either this week or the next. Now let's move on to the international updates. Globally, the coronavirus has infected more than 50 million people and killed 1.2 million people so far, according to the Johns Hopkins University data. The recovery stand at 33.2 million. Work to distribute the experimental coronavirus vaccine developed by Pfizer-BioNTech is gearing up after the companies announced successful interim data earlier on Monday. But it will not be coming to local pharmacies for the general public anytime soon. Experts say the vaccine's complex and super-cold storage requirements are an obstacle for even the most sophisticated hospitals in the United States and may impact when and where it is available in the rural areas or poor countries where sources are tight. Amesh Adala, senior scholar at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security said, and I quote, the cold chain is going to be one of the most challenging aspects of delivery of this vaccination, unquote. The World Health Organization chief on Monday called on everyone to keep fighting COVID-19 warning that while we may be sick of battling the pandemic, the virus is not tired of us. Tedros, who was speaking from quarantine after coming in contact with someone who tested positive for coronavirus, warned that the virus preys on weakness. He said, and I quote, It preys on those in weaker health, but it preys on other weaknesses too. Inequality, division, denial, wishful thinking and willful ignorance. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that Australia is considering opening its borders to low-risk Asian countries such as Taiwan, Japan, Singapore and even parts of China. After days of alleging voter fraud on unfounded claims, United States President Donald Trump now accused the country's Food and Drug Administration and Pharmaceutical Firm Pfizer of withholding the announcement on a COVID-19 vaccine before elections to prevent him from getting a vaccine win. He tweeted, and I quote, the US Food and Drug Administration and the Democrats didn't want to have me get a vaccine win prior to the election, so instead it came out five days later, as I've said all along, unquote. Meanwhile, United States President-elect Joe Biden on Monday urged Americans to wear masks to prevent the spread of coronavirus and not consider it a political statement. A Filipino journalist who survived a previous attempt on his life by pretending to be dead has been killed outside his home. The 62-year-old Virgilio Maganes, who was a commentator for DWPR radio station in the northern province of Pangasinan, died instantly after he was shot six times by motorcycle-riding gunmen. The National Union of Journalists of Philippines, or NUJP, condemned the murder, which it said was the 18th such killing since Rodrigo Duterte became president in 2016. The union said, and I quote, His death is an indictment on this government's empty boast that press freedom is alive and well in the country. Unquote. Police said the motive for the killing was not clear. The NUJP said Maganez had survived a 2016 shooting by playing dead after being hit. A note left at the scene during the first attempt on his life said, and I quote, I'm a drug pusher. Don't emulate me. Unquote. And now for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. This week on Anil Hafta, News Laundry's Abidandan Sekri, Manisha Pandey, and Mehraj Lone are joined by Arfa Khanum, senior editor at The Wire. The discussion spans the US presidential election, Arnab Goswami's arrest, Bihar Assembly election, France and Vienna attacks, and a lot more here's a snippet from the episode I just get a very bad vibe from Lalu's son. He seems like the kind of kid who I mean, once he gets power he'd like he'd be even worse than Lalu was in the sense of you know when that rally happened and people walked into auto showrooms and took cars as long as on buses, they just took it. I mean, you couldn't say anything. I mean, he ran it like his backyard. <laughs> they just they just seem very a Gharelu type, you know very. <laughs> There's, there's no formality to them, their plan of running the party or the state. I think I disagree with you, abhinandan This is, you know, I would say this is a very upper caste narrative. I would say this is a very Delhi journalist narrative. We know that Indian media, particularly the Hindi media, is so heavily upper caste. And the Hindi media people, more than 70% of them come from UP and Bihar. And they come with their biases. They come with their narratives. He is a transformed man from what I saw last year. Also, don't forget to check out the NL hampers. Diwali Say Christmas. Spread the light of independent journalism. It is the best gift to give your family and friends and spread the word about free, accurate and independent news. For more, do check out our website. That's all I have for you today. Have a good day and a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow.